0: Finding Root Courses with 5 Whys. Welcome to the Mastering Embedded Systems Podcast, Episode 9. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. I am Georg Lohra, and this is the podcast about realizing and managing your projects within the embedded systems realm. It's where I give you the know-how and teach you the ways to succeed and overcome your daily obstacles and problems in project work. Today, we are talking about root cause analysis and the five whys technique. I'll show you the way to do it, its benefits, and especially how to overcome the disadvantages. Let's start right into it. Remember your last sickness? A flu, a cold, whatsoever, some small disease? What do you have done? Most likely, you have cured the symptoms. Yeah, swallowed some pills, laid into the bed, waited until it's over. But what was the real cause of your sickness? Very often, it's no further investigated. So, the question is the first question we have to face is what is a problem what's it really A definition looks like for a problem looks like the difference between an actual condition versus a target condition so we have a problem if we have a difference between the reality we observe and the f- the goal or the target or the wish we have in mind so and always we have this kind of Problem situation. We are. We can look for symptoms. We can look for causes, and we can look for root causes. What's the difference between symptoms, cause, and root cause? Let's have a look at that. The management very often requests immediate, complete, fast, or reliable solution of a problem. Due to time pressure and other side conditions, it's very often not possible to find the real cause of a problem. So the root cause, let's make an example. So it's like weeding your garden, yeah? You are outside in the garden, you see tons of weed and you want to remove that. And of course, you can do it the quick way, simply by removing and picking out the weed. That results in quick cleanness, but the same problem might occur in one week again. You, you remember such situation, yeah? So to remove the weed completely, you need to pick out also the root. But that costs additional effort, that costs time. And here, if you want to not only cure the symptoms of a problem within the business context, you also need this kind of additional analysis and additional investigation. Technologies like uh, continuous improvement or processes like Kaizen are very eager to find the root cause of things or of problems to improve the overall situation. Continuous improvement is exactly based on that. It is not about blaming someone, but it's about improving things. It's that the organization starts to learn or to improve its processes. So the final question is of a root cause analysis is not what definitely has gone wrong, but which processes have failed, which process must be improved, and which process was not sufficient. I assume that you have already come into contact with such kind of analysis of the root cause or finding the root cause very deeply or investigating the root cause. I would be rather interested in how do you have handled that. There are very different approaches to handle root causes, and I know several of them, but of course not all of them. Give me a comment in the show notes at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode zero nine. One of the techniques to investigate and evaluate the root cause is the so-called 5Ys technique. It was originally invented by the Toyota production model, so it was uh, at, in the Japanese side available, and it was also used by Ricardo Semler in Brazil uh, within the Semco method. So Let's have a look what it is based on. It's The 5Y is an iterative question-asking technique, to explore the cause and effect relationship underlying a particular problem. Oh, wh- what's the definition? Let's make an example. This example is directly from the from originally from Taiicho from Toyota and is explaining the, yeah, the general approach how it is done. Let's see. It starts with an initial why question. The first why question is: why did the robot stop? The answer is. The circuit has overloaded, causing a fuse to blow. The second question is now based on this first answer and is why is the circuit overloaded? Answer: There was an insufficient lubrication on the bearings, so we are locked up. And again this answer is taken for the next question. Question number 3. Why was there insufficient lubrication on the bearings? The oil pump on the robot is not circulating sufficient oil. Why is the pump not circulating sufficient oil? The pump intake is clogged with metal shavings. Why is the intake clogged with metal shavings? Because there is no filter on the pump. Thus, in the original example, this is now the finish. So, we have identified the filter as the root cause. But... Is that really the root cause? We will see it is not the root cause, but this was initially an example for the 5 whys. The technique belongs to repeating the question why. Each question forms the basics of the next question. The 5 in the name derives from an empirical observation on the numbers of iterations which are needed to typically require to find the real cause of a problem, the, the root cause. But the idea behind the five why is to dig deeper. But it's even more, yeah. So digging deeper is one step, but there is only the, also the idea or the intention, not only stupidly asking why, why, why again and again. But it's more essential to change the paradigm, not get stuck with the symptoms. So the five why is a technique to overcome the pretension of using symptoms to explain a problem. It's like unveiling an onion. You you cut off one shell after the other. And very essential is to not mix observations with the approaches to solve the problem. That's very easily uh, happening. Uh, We we will see that. The benefits of five whys are they help to identify the root cause of a problem. That's for sure that's the intention, but we also provide very small incremental steps to improve the situation, as you have seen already in the example. It's quite easy it gets one step after the other, so there are no big jumps in between, no big gaps it's even it's initially understandable if someone makes a big gap in his explanation, there is an additional need for a question one of the, one of the major benefits of the five y is It's one of the simplest tools that are available to achieve a root cause. It's easy to complete without statistical analysis. You can simply do it sitting together and let's have a 5Y. And moreover, the 5Y analysis very classically determines the relationship between different root causes of a problem. You will see that. That's quite easily if if you do the 5Y. So, 5Y is most useful when problems involve human factors or interactions. So, all problems that depend on handling things, that um, involve human reaction, that involve planning of, of projects, planning of, of, of details, or the design of, of structures, processes, or simply things. If there are more complex problems, they may more benefit from a more detailed approach. We will come in the next episode, we will be about another technique for root cause analysis, which handles more complicated problems. The 5Y is quite easy, but 5Y is very often used in other pro- uh, problem-resolving or, or problem-analysis techniques as a basic technique to investigate one particular part of the problem. Okay, let's summarize that. The 5Y has the idea to dig deeper. To um, It's more or less like unveiling an onion. And it tries not to mix observations with the solving of the problem. The 5Y helps to identify the root cause. It has small incremental steps. It's rather simple. And it determines relationships between different root causes of a problem. It's very useful if the problems involve human interactions and it's a basic tool to assist more complex analysis tools or analysis techniques. Let's come to the criticism. There are several disadvantages which should be named because they are essential if you want to use the 5Y efficiently and also effectively, finally, yeah? There is a tendency for the investigators to stop at symptoms rather than going on to lower-level root causes. It's quite easily, after we have asked five times, six times, seven times why, that you say, that must be, we have now asked that often the why, that must be the root cause. But it could be still a symptom. So don't trust that. The five why has also an intrinsic inability to go beyond the investigator's current knowledge. That means things what you do not know will not be recognized. You will not find a fault which you cannot even imagine. That might be very critical if you have a completely new technology or a new implemented uh, system which behavior is currently rather unknown. Or you have a lot of of newcomers inside of the investigation groups which do not have a large experience and therefore most likely have not seen errors that often. There is also a quite severe lack of support by 5-why to help the investigators to ask the right why questions. We will just see in some examples later on. It's not that easy to phrase a correct why question if the answer is not very precise and crystal clear. One of the more severe contradictions of 5-why is that the results are very often not repeatable. Different persons using 5-ys might come up with different causes for the same problem. That sounds weird, but let's have a look. I have constructed two problems which are more or less close to the two problems I have already seen. Let's start with the first part of the example. The general question is, why did the system fail? Answer: It failed because there was a wrong parameter used in calling function foo. Why was there a wrong parameter in calling function foo? Because the parameter was given out of range. Why was the parameter given out of range? Because the specification was understood wrongly. Why was the specification understood wrongly? Because the implementer was not capable to understand it correctly. Why was the implementer not able to understand it correctly? Because the implementer was not trained enough. Okay, let's stop it here and see exactly from the same starting point another example. Why did the system fail? It failed because the wrong parameter was in use in function foo. Why was there a wrong parameter in function foo? Because the function foo is not well defined in specification. Why is foo not well defined in specification? During specification phase, there was no time to validate requirements consistently. Why was there no time for consistency check? Because the deadline pressure by another project was that high. Why was the pressure from that other project that high? Because management has decided to prioritize that, uh, this other project. You see, even it starts from the very same starting point, it ends up at a completely different root cause. The first example, it was the root cause the implementer was not trained enough. And in the second, it was a management decision to overprioritize the current project. In between, it was simply a slight change in the approach how to interpret responses or to give a different response or to enlighten a different aspect of the problem. But you end up at a totally different situation. So, this is for me, this is one of the most severe disadvantages of 5Y you cannot be assured that the system or that the the problem was really evaluated well completely. But there are other criticisms also. Let's see for another one. There is also a tendency to isolate a single root cause. Whereas each question could elicit many different root causes. Let's also have an example. Why have you not achieved the results in time? Uh, Because there were too many persons on sick leave or holiday and in parallel the other project has come into its critical phase. So you you ask one question and you get two answers. I mean two statements in one answer. And now it's up to the investigator to decide which path to follow. If the investigator does it correctly, he follows both and suddenly has Two five y's, and you see if if this situation happens with every with every answer, you have time two power five, so you have sixteen different five y analysis at the very end, and with potential sixteen different root causes. okay, I've never seen that uh, with sixteen, but I have seen it with three or four. And this is then really weird because the the technique itself is not designed for that. So therefore be very cautious to do it if 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 you run that way and did you get answers in in this double bind way. You also have to be very cautious not to ignore another part. It might be the more important one even it's not recognized by the by the one who makes the statement. And there is the last criticism is there might be multiple reasons for the problem, and you need to des- you need to decide which path to follow. That's exactly what I mentioned just before. It's the the typical example is here. You know that why was the street wet? Uh, because it was watered with a hose by a neighbor, because it has rained, because there was a car accident and cooler water was dropping off, etc. etc. Do you have used the five whys for your own findings of a root cause? What are your experience with this technique? Do you want to agree or disagree with my statements? Let me hear your opinion. Please comment on the show notes at theembeddedsuccess dot com slash episode zero nine, or give me feedback directly via embeddedsuccesscom dot com feedback. Okay, now let's become more concrete about that one. How to do the five whys? Let's start. The best thing is that you could do it within a meeting. So invite for a meeting and with with all the needed parties, with all the stakeholders you need to investigate the the problem and prepare for asking these questions. What has happened? Who was engaged? When does it have happened? Who has detected the problem? And what impact does the problem have? Which will be the starting point? When you should define some kind of 5Y master or moderator it must not necessarily be you self to to do that. It could be someone else, but the one should then fully concentrate on the meta level of the of the five whys. So on the speech and on the on the answers given to separate the different potential causes inside of the answer, and then start with the why. And note down the answers you get. The first answer. For every answer you get, you should validate the answer. How is the validation of the answer in the in the five why done best? If there is a quite easy way to do it: reverse the statement and check the validity. So, how does that look like? Let's assume you you have a question like, "Why do I have forgotten my keys today morning?" Answer: I have forgotten my keys because I was in a great hurry. Well, that's the answer. Now, reverse it and phrase a question, if I would have been not in a hurry today morning, I would have not forgotten my keys? Is that right or false? That's not a clear conclusion, as you see, because it's not necessarily the cause that you have forgotten the keys, there could be other causes, and therefore. It's not the right cause and therefore not the right answer on that question. And you should go back and iterate and un- iterate until you get a successful or sufficient answer for this question. Then please check for additional causes. There might be, as mentioned before, several courses in parallel and you should not leave them or sh- you should not lose them. Write them down. When rephrase, the question, or the, rephrase the answer, and make again a question. Ask why again. Then you will end up after three, four, five times. There is no rule. This five is only an empirical value. So don't, don't believe in five. Sometimes I have seen after three times it was done, and sometimes it was not done after seven times. But there is one essential key point. At the moment, you come to the situation that there is no further progress. You get that feeling. Now it's done. When, please, do yourself a favor and change the question. As mentioned at the very beginning, it's not about the root cause. It's not about the symptoms. It's about process improvement. And here, you should change your question into... Why does our process have failed? As you remember from the very beginning of this episode, it's not about the symptoms. It's also not about the initial causes. It's about improving the processes, improving our own processes. And if we now jump back to the example from Toyota about this uh, filter uh, or this missing filter on the pump, the last question was, Why is the intake clogged with metal shavings? And the answer was, because there is no filter on the pump. If you simply take that as the root cause and replace the filter in future, that's not sufficient. If you now change the question and go away from the why and ask, why does our process have failed? Or where was our process not sufficient? you will end up in in a response like we do not have a sufficient maintenance plan or there is no uh, maintenance plan at all or we do not have a process to replace filters or we do not have a process to check whether filters are established. Regularly, it's only one or two questions with that approach to Um, when or why does our process have failed that you really end up in a root cause which shows that your process is failing? Or take the example with uh, with the function foo that failed. The last question in example one was, why was the implementer not able to understand it correctly because the implementer was not trained enough? Why has our process failed to have enough trained This This is a totally different question. This is a question um, pointing into a completely different direction. Because that means directly that you can improve things. Here the process becomes clear. We do not have a training process. We do not have a program for establishing or improving persons who are new to us or who are new to to the topic. This must be improved. And when you get the weed with the root, if you have digged out that deeply with the 5Y analysis, when as a final step, you could provide a report about that. So the report containing things like historical data, um, the problem priorities, for example, you have done a Pareto chart. So you see that there are problems and we have done for the first or most important problem, we have done the 5Y analysis analysis when the real root cause analysis and when, if you already have it, very often it's quite, it's quite easy to see the corrective action and the verification of it because if you change your perspective, your point of view from the pure cause and symptom view to the process view, it's very easy to see what's going on and what have to be changed. So And then also put some verification inside of the report. How could your improvement be verified? As a final step in this how-to for 5Y, I want to give you three highlight topics. Many teams will stop once a reason for a defect has been identified. These conclusions often do not get to the root cause. A disciplined 5Y approach will push teams to think outside the box and reach a root cause where the team can actually make a positive difference in the problem instead of treating only symptoms. Also, avoid intentional or unintentional bias while answering. This is what I mentioned before. It depends on if you get answers which contain two or more causes. Then you might, the 5Y moderator might then follow one preferably. And this is exactly a bias which should be avoided. It's essential to have the right person to answer the five whys, not the one with the best knowledge is the right one because he might eliminate directly different approaches or different causes because it seems to be not relevant. And if you get misleading answers, don't be afraid to use other root cause analysis tools and for some kind of countermeasure problem reports and countermeasure problem statements. One final point, I several times run into it, you are confronted with some offense sometimes, because if you upset your co-workers by again and again stupidly asking why, if you come into circles, you should stop it, if you get at the point that the guys get upset, then you should stop and rethink your approach. What was the answers and where do you have missed the point to continue in the investigation? For me, the 5-why analysis is one of the most powerful and most simplistic tools which are available to find the root cause of a problem. There are several drawbacks in using the five whys, but if you're aware of them and if you are trained to handle them, it's a very, very powerful tool. And it's, as mentioned, very quick to do it. Even Even rather complicated problems could be evaluated in a very short time frame. And this is something which is really needed in many projects to simply save time. In the show notes, you'll find a short link to um, a YouTube video which is uh, very comprehensive and explains the 5Y in a different way again. So have a look at that. It looks rather nice. It's some cartoon style. I really love it. Now I'd love to hear from you. I'm interested in your experience with 5Ys and the root cause analysis in general please contact me. All the contact information is available at the website embeddedsuccess.com. And please remember to share with me your thoughts and your feedback by commenting on the show notes of this episode at embeddedsuccess.com episode nine. Now I've given you some of the know-how and some of the ways to gracefully handle your embedded systems projects. It's time for you to take these details into your daily work for achieving your passion and finding your success. I am Georg Lohra from the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. Thank you for listening.